Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Halloween Kills and I'm joined by uh, our horror movie correspondents, Adam Lichtenstein. Adam, what's up? Hey, I'm very proud to bear the moniker of horror movie correspondent. I also like them, also the Beatles correspondent. Those are two things that work very well for me. Yeah, I just like, you know, once once you once you kind of return for a, a few different types of an episode, you, you get the title. And uh, though we've only done one Beatles thing, I don't like I don't know anyone else who would deserve that title. So that's why that's why you we got that do, one. We can do another Beatles movie when they release uh, the Let It Be documentary on Disney Plus next month. Wait, is that the thing Peter Jackson's doing or is that? Yep. Um, OK, yep. gotcha, gotcha. All right. And I'm also joined by, like I said, Kayla Mead. Kayla, what's up? Thanks for being here. Hey, glad to be here. We yeah. have a whole horror movie list. Like we're super into it. I think our list is up to 56 movies now. So yeah, like it's nice that Adam and Kayla have like taken it upon themselves to turn themselves into horror movie experts. Cause like, you know, it's not necessarily my favorite genre though. I've done a better job of watching them in recent years, but also there's just so much else going on. I couldn't even rewatch the 2018 Halloween, which Adam and Kayla joined for a podcast on almost exactly three years ago. So um, th- they have a lot more reference points going into this one than I do, but Halloween kills is again, the second movie in the reboot of the Halloween franchise that uh, picked up from where uh, like 19, 19- 1977's Halloween like left off and you know decanonized the rest of the franchise to that point it's directed again by David Gordon Green where which he co-wrote with and he co-wrote it with Danny McBride and Scott Teams John Carpenter again uh did the did the score and also is a producer on the movie yeah but it it, it takes place within the same uh, night within the same Halloween night as the 2018 movie did, but we're kind of picking up from like a different perspective in this movie where we, we see Tommy Doyle, who was the uh, young one of the young child who's uh, Jamie Curtis's Ori Strode babysat for in the first movie. He is like out at a bar commemorating the 40th anniversary of Michael, Michael Myers's arrest and imprisonment with a lot of his friends, and they're toasting to Ori Strode, a little oblivious to uh, just how rough of a time Ori was having in, 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 in this timeline that we saw in the first movie. But uh, nevertheless, they're you know kind of celebrating Michael being uh, finally uh, being de- another decade of Michael being indisposed. We also kind of pick up, we also have a little bit of a flashback to 1977 from the perspective of Frank Hawkins, who was played in that earlier timeline by Thomas Mann, a, uh, a younger actor I really like, who was having a moment like six years ago, and I hadn't seen him in the longest time. But we're we're left with them in this earlier timeline, kind of seeing what happened after Michael jumps out that window at the end of the first movie, and how he ended up uh, taking hostage uh, uh, Hawkins' partner, and in an attempt to uh, shoot Michael, Hawkins accidentally killed his partner, and, you know, because that's the way police do it, they he got off for it. Uh, <laughs> and, no, I mean, like, to be fair, it, was, it wasn't an easy situation there, uh, but they, they, did, they, did, they did cover it up for him, and he's been obviously uh, living with that guilt ever since and he also prevented them from killing michael and and got them to actually just take him to the institution that we see him escape from in the 2018 movie uh though again in the current timeline michael is still on the run uh a lot of the townspeople led by tommy doyle who is played by anthony michael hall they want to go after him we ended up getting a little bit of a home base for the another half of the movie in the hospital where uh lori has been taken after uh af- after the to treat for the injury she suffered at the end of the 2018 movie and they find out only later in the movie that when a bunch of firefighters went to go attend to her house they they rescued michael who uh let's just say wasn't exactly super grateful and thankful to them um guys uh that's kind of the setup for this movie and you know a lot of people you know they want to go kill michael myers and 
I think when I think a lot of us are on the same page, maybe when we finish and maybe not the biggest fans of this movie. So I'd like to take a step back, though, because I think we all agree that, you know, John Carpenter's original Halloween. Great movie. So I want to ask Adam, first of all, when you think about it, because you guys have seen all of the rest of these movies. I, I've seen Halloween. I've seen Halloween 2018. I've seen Halloween 1977. And now I've seen Halloween Kills. I've not seen any of the other Halloween movies. I'd imagine like a lot of franchises that go on that long. They vary in quality. So I want to ask you, Adam, as someone who I'm assuming is a big fan of the original, what do you think makes that one really good? Because we're going to have to talk about what makes Halloween Kills uh, maybe not so good. And what do you think works about that movie and makes it so effective? Well, we were actually just watching a documentary before we recorded for this about the original Halloween. And one of the big things that uh, John Carpenter and the producers of the movie really focused on in that when they were filming the original was it's all about what you don't see. It's all about what's in your imagination. Because if you watch Halloween, there's not there's no blood. There's very, very little blood in the movie. There's no gore. You you don't see like a lot of violence beyond you know, you don't see a lot of like gory violence. In the old uh, one. In the original yeah, in yeah. the 1978 movie. Um oh 78 I kept saying 77. Gotcha. Yeah. So you don't see a lot of of gore. Very little at all. Um, there's very little actual blood in the movie, especially outside of the first scene. Um, as opposed to this movie and the 2018 movie, there's a ton of gore. Um, there's a ton of blood. A ton of, which as a horror movie person, like I can appreciate, like, okay, cool, you're going for something creative and interesting ways to, to kill and maim people. I can respect it. And, it part, and it's enjoyable on some level. But like, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest difference is that also, the, the body count in the original Halloween is not that high. It's like five or six. Uh, that's like a scene in hmm. the new movies. It's like we were talking about it, like the body count between. I mean, you're thinking this is a one night between Halloween and Halloween kills. Uh, we're talking one night and like half the town is killed. Like hmm. the town just gets decimated. There's nobody going to be living there after this night. Um, so, yeah, those are I mean, those, that's something that really stood out to me you know, comparing so, the original movie to to the new ones. So you like how, in a way, it, it can ratchet up its suspense because it is just like withholding a lot from you and yeah. you're kind of like on your toes to see what's next. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. A lot, some, of the, some of the scariest scenes in the original Halloween have nothing to do with Michael Myers hurting anybody. It's just him standing there menacingly. So I would say, Kayla, I think one thing that we all got a lot out of watching this one, probably more so than out of the rest of the movie, was we actually did think some of the kills were kind of creative and at least got some kind of reaction from us, where I think in the room, because we were all watching it in the same room, and I think we were like a little more apathetic to a lot of the rest of the movie. So, I mean, there's something to be said for leaving gore to the imagination, but uh, I'd say that like maybe there are other things that also work a little bit more about that first movie and uh because it seems like you as a moviegoer kayla you watch a lot of horror movies you're not necessarily averse to gore oh no (laughs) (laughs) i'm not not at all um no i did really really appreciate that they got really creative with the kills it wasn't just what you would expect for michael myers you know with large kitchen knife kind of thing it a lot of different kills happening to the point I was cringing. I was just like, mm. oh, like, uh, you know, I may not be able to walk by a wooden stairwell for a little bit, you know, those oh. kinds of things. So like, I, I did appreciate that. I appreciate how they did the gore. And one thing that I thought was pretty awesome how they did, which they did it in the original, 
um, Halloween as well, but they did a couple of those point of view kills. Like Mm. I'm thinking about one of those early scenes in the movie with the firefighters. Mm. And you still had like that little nugget of gore in there, Mm. but it was more of like that point of view from the victim. And I thought that was really fun. Isn't quite the right word, but I really like how they took that perspective. Right. Well, and I guess I'll start by saying then, and, 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 I, and, I, and I agree, I, I kind of liked some of that creativity. And, but like, I think one of the big things that worked for me with respect to, uh, with respect to the original that I think is missing from this, and it goes to a larger conversation I, I want to I touch on with you guys about like, uh, what, how, what, what level of intelligence is reasonable to expect from your horror movie characters. But I think one thing that like, the first one doesn't have an issue with because, you know, it was the first time Michael Myers ever struck was that like these people don't know the threat, you know, and uh, we know we do know more than the characters as someone that's watching that. And uh, but because of that, that kind of like, you know, you're, you don't have to expect you're not really judging their actions as harshly, I would say, because they don't really know what's there. Whereas like we have a lot of examples we can run through about how dumb the characters are in Halloween Kills. Uh, I think it's a different kind of thing when the when the threat is unknown. And I think that's just something that kind of works for it. Because if, if you if, if the characters have a lot of information and they're just, you know, running right into a, they're just running straight into knives, literally uh, we're, we're, we're armed with butter knives or uh, uh, miniature cutlery, uh, you know, there's a lot of room for us to judge and it can take you out of the movie a lot. And I think that's just something that the first movie, it's, it was it was such a unique story at that point in time from the kind of horror movies that had been made. And in, in, in this world, it was a new it was a new phenomenon and a new threat to this town. And uh, we have some kind of creeping dread because we are watching all these people not knowing what's coming as opposed to we're in it with everyone here, which in some ways can maybe be done better. But I don't know. I was just kind of like, I, I wasn't necessarily as impressed because at this point, like, look, if, if we're not going to like have that kind of element of it and we're going to not get that level of t- that type of scare at the very least, I think one thing that this movie maybe fails on is like, you got to make us care about these people more, you know? Uh, it feels like, I mean, I think you guys probably watched uh, 1978 more recently than I have. Um, you know, I think you do get a little bit of a sense for who these people are and Lori's life. And, uh, but you, you don't necessarily like, it's not like a lot of those people are like super well-developed as characters necessarily. They're getting murdered, uh, but there's still something pretty horrifying and effective about it here. It's like, look, I, I mean, I don't, I, I really didn't care about like anyone in this movie, especially cause it locks the Strodes up in like a hospital for so much of it. Uh, I, I don't know, Adam, what was, why do you think well, there was, what was, was there one reason that, because I mean, I think we were, like I said before, we were kind of all in agreement when this movie ended, like, and eh, not so great. I, I don't, I, was there a reason that you felt, cause I, and I think we all, I mean, we didn't think the 2018 movie was great, but I think we all thought it was pretty solid. So where do you think this movie maybe kind of fails that even like that one succeeded? Well, in the 2018 movie and in the 78 movie, you get to see the characters outside of being, chased by a, a psychotic you know serial sure, killer sure um so you get to you know be with the character for, characters for a little bit and see them do things like i rewatched the first movie uh the, or the 2018 movie uh yesterday before i watched halloween kills and i enjoyed the characters mm-hmm. fine like like i enjoyed the the father character i don't remember who the, who the actor is but um and i was spoiler alert i was disappointed when he got killed i was like oh 
I kind of liked him. If someone oh, is well. listening to this without having watched the first movie, like, God, they must have really hated Halloween Kills because, like, I mean, like, it really picks up. What like, the hell's I, going on? Right. It picks up, like, right where the first one left off. Like, yeah. I was reading, like, the Wikipedia summary for 2018. There was, like, so many things, like, I didn't even remember. Or, or there are references in the Wikipedia summary for Halloween Kills to, to Halloween 2018. I was like, oh, wow, I did not remember that nugget. Like, I didn't remember that nugget or stuff like that. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know Allison's boyfriend had cheated on her. Like or something like oh, that. Yeah. And that. And that was like our whole reconciliation that supposedly happens in Halloween kills. Like you get no sense of that even happening really. Sorry, but I cut you off. But yeah, no, so like you, you spend a little bit of time with the characters, even if they're not crazy well-developed, you at least get to see them outside of this, you know, crisis. And mm-hmm. the same thing is in, you know, the original Halloween set from 78 where, yeah, the characters might not be incredibly well-developed, but like you see them that they have lives and they're people, they're, they're quote real people. Like, they have boyfriends that they want to fool around with. They have a babysitting job. They, the little kid's getting bullied at school and you feel bad for him. And like, there's other things outside of just they're being chased by, you know, a serial killer. Uh, whereas, you know, here in Halloween Kills, I mean, we come in the middle of it where, and that's fine. That's how Halloween 2, the original movie picks up and it's fine. But um, the characters you're introduced to, you know, they come and go within a scene or two when you're just like, okay, well, they're just cannon fodder. Uh, for this movie to up the body count, which is higher than almost any movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> or at least any 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 horror movie like this. You know, there are obviously movies like, you know, Contagion or whatever where there's mass, mass death. But yeah, it's just like, okay, these people are cannon fodder and they're they're here for one scene, one scene, two scenes, maybe three, and then they're gone. Is there anyone in this movie, Kayla, that you're seeing as the best version of themselves? No. <laughs> disagree. I... Disagree. Big John and little John. <laughs> they must not be very I, effective people then. I hated these characters, but the kind of, you know, the kind of horror movies that I really like, I like people who are intelligent. And for me, that's a lot scarier because I want it to be you're doing everything right and they still come and get you mm. instead of like being stupid and being risky and all of these other things and it's like for me I feel like my opinion of this movie is like they deserve to die kind of thing I don't think anybody was the best version of themselves like I truly truly don't um I feel like a lot of a lot of repetition you know while the kills were super creative I don't know I just feel like the characters weren't it's oh the same trope that you see every time kind of thing I just I don't think anyone was the best version of themselves unless you want to count Michael Myers I mean we I was looking <laughs> it up that you know he had in this movie upwards of 30 people killed 25 of them were killed on screen and the man has found some new ways to do it. So if anything, he, well, he is the best version of himself. That he is learning. Man. I mean, never, maybe never but, stop learning. I mean, he maybe he is, but at the same time, uh, because he's going against people that are so ineffective and dumb. Like, how how much credit really can we count? really give him? How much? Yeah, how much can we credit can we really give him if everyone wants to attack him one person at a time in every scene? And also, also let's let's not let's not pretend. So this movie, you know, it takes place. The continuity is from 1978. So like Michael Myers is like 60 something years old in this movie. This geriatric ass dude is just owning <laughs> everyone, like attacking him. It's incredible. Despite having been despite having like, you know, suffered like multiple gunshot wounds and stuff. Uh, or at least got he got shot once in the first movie. I, I had forgotten that. So I, again, I went back and read the summary. It's like, oh, yeah, Lori shot him. Well, and then also 
then also because it picks off picks up where the first movie you know ended up um he would have smoke inhalation <laughs> um, he had his like hands all slashed even shows his hands are wrapped up which i don't know when that happened like when did this no, man no, he, did, he, he, wrapped, he wrapped his hands when he got when he went into the uh the bathroom of that that first couple he killed like the elderly couple the one who, oh you're right he you're was wrapping right. his hands in the bathroom but still yeah still. he has like his hands slashed he has smoke inhalation he's been oh, also, and well, while, we're, while, we're, while we're picking about this movie i saw sorry to can't sorry Kayla, saw a comment where it's like so the first movie ends with you know Lori and her family they're burning down her house to burn michael myers to death and it's like you built this trap for Michael Myers and didn't that involved burning down the house and you didn't consider the fact that the fire department might come. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, again, I, I guess I keep forgetting, like, it's not like they've, they've only really encountered the guy once before, but you know, maybe you just want to like, like, like Kayla kept saying double tap to the head, I think was what you, you kept saying uh, as we were watching. Why are you going to have guns and try to beat them with a baseball bat? No, come oh, on. Michael Myers. You're all like, kill him, get the job done. Then, okay, kill him and get the job done. Don't like shoot him in the shoulder. If you want to kill him, double tap to the head. Come on, think it through. Once again, dumb characters yeah so they're dumb michael though is again uh fairly efficient you mentioned the old couple um and again i think the one thing this movie has going for it there are some creative kills you know uh there's one involving a staircase that i would say uh, maybe if not creative is uh stomach churning in an effective way uh there's that old couple where he michael makes uh very uh quick use of some light bulbs to fight despite the fact there are also oh, that a lot was, of, that was brutal yeah there are a lot of knives at his disposal there's one where someone is pointing a gun at him and he swings a car door and it hits the gun and the person That's accidentally yeah the person That's accidentally shoots himself in the face uh so yeah the movie like it gets some mileage out of that stuff but the thing is like you can only enjoy that so much because again it's like that whole sequence in the woods where there are a, few, a handful of kills and he attacks that car you know I guess those people, like we said, we'll give them a little bit of slack because they go out to try and help some kids that are just being total jackasses. Uh, but again, there is also a point at which like people are, uh, you know, like one lady is shooting out the windows of the car, even as Michael Myers still has not broken the windows himself. There are other people that decide to split up uh, throughout that in that sequence as if like that is the way to beat Michael Myers. Uh, Gooby Doo taught me that's not the right call. Yeah, we, I mean, really doesn't take a genius to, to do this. Um, so it's like, I think you can enjoy some of those kills, but at the same time, and I found myself thinking as I'm watching this, like, do I, am I being too hard on the movie? Again, Adam and Kayla have seen more mo horror movies than I have. And I, but like, as Kayla said, it, that doesn't just apply to horror in general. I like watching intelligent people in movies. I don't like being able to like, cause I find myself like dwelling on something too much if they are making, taking some really irrational or dumb act. So I find myself watching this and wondering, uh, there's these characters, big John and little John who, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, it seems like they had brought in a total, di totally different writer to write this dialogue or that these writers of this movie have never met gay people before uh because it, it just it just seems like they're 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 they are hardly real people in the way they talk and act and interact and uh at one point when they realize hey we live in the uh we live in the house of this murderer of uh, this infamous murderer who has now escaped from his prison we think he might be here what are we going to do we're going to lock the doors to our house Arm ourselves with uh, small a knives. Charcuterie knife. Lock, lock yeah. the door. Lock the door to the house after he's already after they realize he's already in the house. 
Yeah. So they do that. Um, we, we're going to have to talk about the hospital separately, but there's just some pretty dumb people there too. But it's like, you know, I was trying to like decide how much slack I should get the movie and Kayla and Adam were like, no, that's a fair thing to criticize horror movies for because I'm thinking to myself, well, it's always just kind of a trope like, oh, people go into the basement by themselves in the dark and you just have to accept that this, I, I was just thinking like, maybe I just need to accept that people are going to do stuff like that in a horror movie. And you guys said, no, like you don't necessarily have to do that. And, you know, I don't remember any moments like quite like that. Like, I, like we kind of, started, kind of started talking about like when they don't know the threat, like, like it is in the original Halloween, like you can't blame someone for walking into the dark room or something like that. He, in this movie, people are walking into the goddamn dark room knowing what might be there. It's also like, I mean, um on a on, not just in a in universe thing but on a, as a meta thing okay that maybe could fly in 1981 but audiences are savvier to that now um it you know that it's been a running joke i mean scream i mean talk about my favorite horror movie scream was making fun of that in 1996 you can't be doing this in 2021 <laughs> you need your characters to have some modicum of intelligence you know joking scream was joking about in 1996 about oh you know characters just these dumb bimbos who run up the stairs and they should be going out the front door. And it's like that again, that was, that was 25 years ago. You know, you yeah. Need to and there was, there was one scene, which, I mean, mind you, I do have, you know, experience of being, you know, a female in this society. I'm like, there was a female character that they're like, Oh, Michael Myers is, you know, out on the loose and let's go get them. Let's go mob and let's go to our cars and blah, blah, blah. And this bitch gets into our car without checking the back seat. I'm like, I'm sorry. If somebody told me a serial killer was out there, I'm going to check my back seat, especially if my windows are fogged up. Like, come on, have some common sense, you know? Like, I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, these, you know, masters of plotting and planning and getting together their vigilante squad, but like have a little bit of common sense. Even even dumber in that same scene, like it's it's like a couple walking out of the bar and the guy's like, oh, I forgot my keys when we're leaving the bar because there's a serial killer on the loose. I forgot my keys. Let me go back into the bar and get them and leave you here no, all, it was all by yourself. No, stethoscope for his Or stethoscope costume. or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, I left part of my costume inside. Like, let me go get it and leave you out here by yourself. You can go to the car. It's cool. Yeah, but then like uh, even he runs out of the car and then after that, like the way, I mean, just even the way people like approach the car after that, like, I mean, it was just... <sighs> it, it's it was all just, dumb it's really dumb it's really yeah, dumb and i mean it, it was a good education for me watching with you guys to know like no it is it is fair to criticize the movies for stuff like that people can like it's possible to make scary movies where people are just doing are doing the right thing you know and uh and and they're just coming up against a force that's like rather unstoppable and like in theory, the way to stop Michael Myers is to actually like, get him in a spot where like oh, there are a lot of people around him and then have everyone go at him at once. And if, for some reason, the characters in this movie... No, I mean, that didn't work. <laughs> no, no, they all went one at a time. That's what I'm saying. Everyone has to go twice, at him at once is what I'm saying. Twice in the yeah. movie. Twice in the same movie. In the opening scene with the firefighters. The firefighters, they recognize this guy coming out of this burning building is not a victim. He is a murderer. And what do they do? They gear up. They're like, one guy pulls out a chainsaw. Other guys pull out axes. One guy has a fire hose. And what do they do? They just go at them one-on-one so we can butcher them indiscriminately. Yeah, like, like one of those classic kung fu movies where everyone's just like, you know, waiting their turn. It's only fair. It's only fair to go at them one-on-one and make it a fair fight. And yeah, so I think part of the problem, though, is also that like this movie's fairly long. There's that flashback in the beginning uh, that I mentioned, which, you know, it kind of flashes to like a lot of the other kids in the neighborhood that have close brushes with Michael that survive. And now that's supposed to make us care about them as adults, except 
as, as we already established before, these aren't people at their best. They're being very obtuse and we're not really like we're, 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 we're seeing them being kind of dumb. So we're spending a lot of time uh, with them in a half of the movie where, yes, there might be some creative kills, but the movie, this franchise just hasn't really put in the work to make you care about these people. So you're just seeing them be dumb. So that is basically like, I would say almost more than half of the movie, actually. It's, it's, it's more than half. And that's who we spend time with. And that there's a flat, this flashback is supposed to like really make you like really care about them. Even though a lot of that flashback is spent with young, uh, young officer Hawkins, who is back at the hospital. So like one of the characters you're using it to shade a lot is just kind of laid, laid up in a hospital room talking to Lori, who also doesn't have much to do with this. So like, as we're saying, over half of this movie is with some characters that like aren't that interesting. They're doing dumb stuff. About the other, like, I don't know, 40 to 35% of this movie, it takes place in a hospital where they don't give Laurie Strode much to do in a Halloween movie. And I'd say they don't, Judy Greer is an actress that we all like. I, I think we probably are all fine in the first movie. I, the actress that plays the daughter, though, she's only in the hospital for part of it. But like, they are there. And um, the extent of their involvement is to try and help save another uh, one of the escaped asylum uh, members who owe a lot of the hospital mistakes for Michael because. They don't really know what Michael looks like. It's really just more of a myth to them, but they know he escaped from an asylum. So they see a uniform and they chase this guy. And I don't know if you were thinking about this, Adam. I think a few of the reviews I've read thought that this was supposed to be some kind of like cultural commentary on, you know, no one used these terms because when I was watching it, I didn't necessarily think a lot about like our, our society's capacity for hatred or um, mob rule or things like that. I kind of thought like, well, I hope they're not trying to make this about cancel culture. And uh, this, <laughs> you know, this is how we, 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 we might all gang up on the wrong guy sometimes. And if, 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 if we're too quick to rush to judgment about stuff, I, I, I thought that, I, I mean, I think David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are smart. So I didn't necessarily think they were going there. Though a lot of critics didn't, even if they didn't draw a line like that, they thought that like it was some kind of misguided like cultural commentary. I don't, again, <laughs> I was only so acutely aware that. That's what you get for trying to cancel Michael Myers. You can't cancel him. Hey, they want to talk about something with respect to mob rule. I don't I, know. I, I, I kind of wish I kind of well, wish that is what they were going for because that would be absolutely hilarious. Well, regardless, well, let me interject here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I found that The Ringer did a podcast on Halloween, like when the 2018 movie was coming out and they like were really going into it in terms of like, oh, this was John Carpenter's upbringing and like, going through the whole thing. And so the point about social commentary is that actually the production company, um, Blumhouse Productions also, or Blumhouse, mm -hmm. they also did like Get Out, they did Us. They're doing those horror films that have that social commentary. So it's not out of the realm of saying that it's there in terms of mob rule and then mental health and you know whatnot, that that piece may really be in there. So that I mean, is I, not I, a far-fetched idea. Well, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think they were making making a point about about whether you know oh, how easily people can be, you know, brought into a panic or or swayed like that. But I I'm still stuck on cancel Michael Myers. I love it. I kind of wish that was the point. My point being though, like if they were doing something like that, I don't think it really came through that clear. But uh, in and of itself, I don't really think that whole sequence was edited together all that well. Like where I mean, one, I don't know if it was like really, I don't know, it just. It, it just felt a little clumsy. All these people running through a hospital. Um, yeah. If that hospital is supposedly on lockdown, there's an awful lot of movement. Just saying. I think it's established that the police in this town are extremely inept. Yeah. I mean, they're not so they're not not explicit about that. Everyone's saying like police haven't done anything. So we got it. We got to go do this ourselves. Uh, so they're, they're doing that. But like they're not listening to Lori Schrode, the one person who in this town is like, you know, 
infamous for having like face down Michael Myers and she's screaming at them. That's not him. That's not him. They'll run past her. So we're dealing with a whole like crowd of dummies now. I don't really think it's really shot all that well. And we just kind of, and we're just like, and it goes on for so long. I mean, I, I, I just, I just didn't get that. I I just didn't get very much out of it. And I don't, I I honestly don't need unnecessary. Yeah. It's just like, again, it's the second movie in a trilogy because they're making another one. And I think we can all safely assume that Laurie Schrode is going to feature very prominently into that next one. Uh, but God, I hope so. <laughs> Halloween ends. Laurie Strode goes to the rehab clinic. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like I, I that's I, not I, not drug rehab. She's injured in the first movie. I was going to say she was going hard on those pain drugs. Oh, that's that's true. She does inject herself with a bunch of morphine, which is not apparently how morphine is supposed to work. But I was making a joke not about drugs, but about, you know rehabilitating herself from an injury getting, getting stabbed oh, oh oh back sorry back to the social commentary thing so um there was a discussion that with it being that social social piece is that a lot of it can also be rooted in the me too movement well that was a lot of the first i think a lot of people gave the first one credit for that because of the way it handled Lori's trauma and, yeah. and and all that and it's like and, and that came out you know just a, a year after the me too movement really kicked off so it resonated a lot more with people uh here i think the movie's too disorganized to really have any deeper message effectively come across you know oh yeah no i think the best way to explain it is chaotic mm-hmm. like the characters are chaotic the plot's chaotic the setting jumps around so much that's incredibly chaotic i think that's just the best word to use for it yeah, it's just it, it, I, I don't think it really settles in and ever like uh, d- decides it's going to tell like a really like a really small story. Instead, it like it, it just floats around to uh, a lot of characters who we, we don't have a lot of reason to really care about. And a lot of them die. So we're not going to end up caring about them. So, I mean, I, I mean, I think it'll be hard for the next one to not be to to to, to not be better. But at the same time, we know it's going to go back to some characters we already spent a good amount of time with in the first one. You're making a face, Kayla. I mean, historically, as a whole, mm-hmm. horror movie sequels are worse than the original. That's a, yeah, for sequels in general. Well, uh, yeah. It, but it, sequels yeah. in general, yes. But... Yeah, I don't know if the next one's going to be mean, better not, than... It's not going to be better than the 2018 one, but I'm saying it'll probably be better than this one. We can only hope. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, we're going to watch it, obviously. We might not be happy about it but we can hope it's going to be better than this one. Um, I think it's sitting at 40% on Rotten Tomatoes now, and I'm thinking that's a little generous. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess you could say it's generous. I'm, I don't know. I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be forced to go back to these other characters because it's taken so many of the other characters it put in this one off the board. Like, There's no reason to really... I, I, it, it would make no sense for them to technically have Jamie Lee Curtis in all these movies and not give her more to do in the next one. Uh, where you, 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 sorry, you bring up an interesting point. Are there any characters that were introduced to in this movie who survived the movie? The oh oh so um hmm. are any of the characters that you know that like that are introduced like Tommy Doyle's brought in. He was he was the kid that Lori was watching in the original 1978 movie. I was rooting for him. Like I have an attachment to him from the first movie from the original. I'm like oh cool like he's back like that's neat. Lonnie Elam is also a character from the original movie, but like he's in literally one scene. I didn't even recognize him as someone who was in the original movie, but apparently he was uh, or that character was. But I don't think there's anybody who were who's brought into the movie, who brought into the franchise in this movie, who makes it to the end of the movie. 
Uh... At least that we care about it all. Or at least we're not, supposed to care about. That's not the Stroud family. No, yeah, no, I mean, no, 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 no. Like no, we, we met them in the last movie. Adam means right. that were introduced in Halloween Kills that are that are definitely going to be in the next movie. And I think that's a really good point. Probably not. Like uh, it's it's going to be Lori, uh, Officer Aaron. Hawkins, who's Will Patton, and and uh, uh, what's her Allison, um, who's played by who I actually really like the actress. I think she does a good job. I, I like her character. And, but, and Karen, and Karen, Karen. She, 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 no, so. no, no. She's killed at the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, that final. That last thing, which is also incredibly stupid, she just walks once. Oh, so duh. Remember after? God, how after did I forget, how did I forget that? Are you watch this movie? Because it was or... stupid as hell. Okay, I'm. I'm it was dumb. Yeah, I. It, it was very. That, 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 that last just, sequence was they... staged. It was staged very weirdly. That last sequence where he just kind of. It was like almost when it felt like the movie was going to be over. It's like all right, yeah. we're going to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah but he, he, he murdered. He murdered last movie too you know when she's all like oh my god help and screaming she's like haha gotcha she did literally the same thing and i was just like really really and then she was killed so oh my god i can't believe i like this uh you got nice I, I can't believe i forgot about the death of the character we should have cared about the it most was, that, was, that's nothing about a- this it was such a weird sequence. I almost thought it was like a, a dream sequence. No, I, I I was thinking the same thing too. Like when 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 he not 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 Karen's death specifically. Uh, I, I think I'd already kind of figured out it wasn't a dream. But all the killing he's doing before then, it is shot in a very odd way that feels like it doesn't feel as grounded as like a lot of the other kills in the movie. It's, it's there's, a, there's a little bit there's not a, a less it's not the traditional score going on at the end. It's kind of slow mo for parts of it and stuff like that. It was just it was kind of odd. So I was just like I, I was like, wait, I, I thought I thought we were arresting him. I, I thought this was done. And then it's like I, I just didn't make it clear it was happening in in, in the actual in, in, rea- in reality. And so. That's why I was kind of thrown off and like just caught off guard by that entire last sequence. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. It's like to, to, for this movie to have like even been worth existing, I think they should have had to have at least introduced a couple other people we cared about um, because it just it it just did so little with every everything in the hospital and uh, every, a lot of the stuff outside of the hospital. was as we already discussed. I mean, it, it was it was it was just it was just not super super effective. Kayla, anything else about this movie we didn't touch on already that you want to touch on? I think we've really carved it up pretty good for uh, no pun intended. You should have said that was intended because that was great. I, um, it wasn't, but I was like, oh shit, that is pretty good. <laughs> that was great. You should have just owned that one. Mm-hmm. Um, give me something intelligent. Mm. Like the first one was the first one was intelligent. Is what it comes down to, like the use of no blood, first of all, um, versus this one was just like corn syrup everywhere. I mean, yes, creative kills, super great. But like, I needed more intelligent characters. Like even our, you know, smart people were acting real dumb. You know, like mm-hmm. Laurie Stroud, like, you know, obviously was hurt in the um, last scene of the first 2018 movie. And literally was having emergency surgery, but she's like, oh, I have to kill him. So let me like shoot myself up with morphine and try to go kill him. But I'm actually and, then- <laughs> sit and I'm going to reminisce with like Sheriff Hawkins over here. And I'm like, okay, you're supposed to be the smart one. I understand like you're super high on pain meds right now. My, my favorite like- part, sorry, dinner about that part is like when she gets like someone knocks into her during the mob and her stitches from her surgery open and i'm like wow the incredibly predictive predictable thing that could have happened 
just happened. No way. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. And I mean, Judy Greer definitely, or Karen, she definitely had some moments where I was like, okay, when she was helping the um, other asylum guy and she's like, okay, you stay here. Like, we'll lock you in like, you know, okay, sure. Showed a little bit of intelligence there. The teenage daughter was told to stay there with Laurie and then was like, just kidding. I'm going to go join the mob. Like, no, like even our people who were smart and clever last movie, just it's gone. It's gone. And just, yeah, it's, it's going to be really frustrating. Ugh. Like I, 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 like I said, I think Lori's obviously going to have to be a bigger part of the next one, but if it spends a lot of the movie having her be dumb, it's going to be really frustrating. Because uh, if, 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 if unless they actually kill her in the third movie, it'll be very, really kind of ridiculous if she's dumb, injured, and somehow is able to survive. You know, it, it doesn't even matter. Right. Doesn't even matter if they kill Lori because they'll just reboot Halloween in twenty thirty one and she'll be back. <laughs> I will say, I will say there was an interesting moment that did happen in the movie where they talked about they like brought back the Doctor Loomis, you know, psychiatric help kind of thing and. I don't remember if we were discussing it or if it was in the movie. It's like, what would have happened if he had the correct therapy? Mm. Was that in the movie or was that something we were talking about? That was in the podcast. Oh, okay. I don't know. I remember hearing it. It's like, okay, so he was in psychiatric care from the time he was six years old, but like they never heard him spoke a word, blah, blah, blah. Um, Actually not blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, how did you fuck up this bad? <laughs> and yeah. so it's just. Yeah, it's a big, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very big what if in movie history. What if Michael Myers had the right therapy? <laughs> what right? if Michael Myers, they let Michael Myers draw some more pictures in art therapy? <laughs> um, yeah, was, I, I don't know. I needed, I needed more. I needed more from oh, this. Oh, yeah, I, I think we all agree. I don't ever need to watch this movie again. I really no. don't. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I might go back and watch the first one again before Halloween. I think it's called Halloween Ends is what the third one's going to be. Um, yeah. I, I think I might go back and watch the first one again before that one comes out. Because, I mean, again, I didn't rewatch it before this one. And I, I think it actually would have helped me at least kind of know what was going on if I had, like, there's just a lot of allusions to that. And I, I didn't know. I didn't realize it's going to be a trilogy of everything being one night, all one night somehow. So I guess the first one maybe took place, what, between, like, you know, like like six thirty to ten p.m. This is ten to two a.m. And this is the next one's gonna be like you know like two to two to six a.m. or something like that. I don't know, um, but like I think it'll. I, it seemed like they did a lot. They established a lot more in the first one, so at least that's relevant. But yeah, I, I never feel the need to watch this again. Uh, Adam, any th- other thoughts though on Halloween Kills aside from uh, you know? Well, not- I mean, as much as we've all been dumping on it since we started the podcast, I I don't think it was that bad. Like. It wasn't horrible. I've seen worse horror movies. Like I've seen worse Halloween movies. Uh, <laughs> the original sequels are are almost entirely very bad. I've not watched them since I was like probably twelve or thirteen years old. But it's not good. Um, they could have done a million different things a little uh, better. Um, the body count is just it's just absurd. Like uh, like I was, I was like I was yelling about it yesterday. I'm like the original body count. I, I mentioned it earlier on the podcast. Like. The body count for the original movie is like five and it's plenty scary. You don't need to kill 30 people. You don't need to massacre half the town to have a scary movie. Uh, it just seems excessive. And we didn't even really touch on the end where like 
you know, look where you, you know you think Michael I forgot. I, we, I already forgot the oh, end, which is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, yeah like the, the end part, ending part where it's like, uh, you know, Michael's surrounded by a mob of angry townsfolk, and they just start beating the crap out of him. They shoot him. They, they stab him. Uh, Karen stabs him. And they him. didn't do a double tap oh. to the head. <laughs> yeah, they they just did. Yeah, they just did a bunch of you know they beat the crap out of him, and then he comes back alive as as Jamie Lee Curtis is giving kind of like this mon or not mantra, but like a little uh soliloquy or monologue about like how michael is not just a man he is the embodiment of evil and the more you do to him the worse he you know doesn't hurt him anymore he gets less human and it's like okay well now we're just confirming that he's not actually a man he's supernatural which kind of goes into the original sequels where there's a whole long thing about how he's powered by this cult and that of that it's not worth getting into because it's very bad but um it, it's of a strange movie it's not a great movie someone's i don't know it's just, it's not terrible but it's not worth more than one viewing and or at least not more than one viewing unless like i'll probably watch it again when i get ready to watch the next film in the, in the trilogy but it's not very good i would say we talked about the therapy thing i, I would like if, it, if they did it if they would like find a way like you know make an effective scary movie in the next one with characters doing smart things and all that It'd be interesting if they do like talk a little bit more about Michael's psychology because I like the point today that they were making in this movie, if nothing else, about how you know I, I he he was kind of like he was kind of directed there by like he, he didn't get to Lori's house on his own in the last movie, you know uh, he was following other people there and getting cues from them and that doctor and all that like it's something there's something to the idea of like Lori torturing herself all the years these years now or and then thinking that like Michael is after her now and then coming to realize it wasn't even necessarily the case. And we hear the allusions to Michael really just being having, having the mind of a six year old. So he probably isn't actually like uh, holding any kind of grudge against the Schrode family. It'd be interesting. They kind of like got to the bottom of that and what makes him tick in some way. I don't know if they can accomplish all of that in one movie, uh, but like it'd be cool to see him like at least figure out a way to address it that didn't necessarily feel uh too disconnected and too tacked on or something like that. Cause that's certainly what it felt like with the psychiatrist in the last movie. Um, who... well, well, sorry. What's very funny that you, that you mentioned that where um, the entire movie, the entire movie, they're like, they're like, Michael's coming to the hospital. He's after Lori. He's trying to get to Lori. He's going to come to the hospital. It's very funny. That ends up not being true because that's the plot of the original Halloween too, basically. So I thought that was very funny. Uh, because yeah, Halloween two, most of it does take place in the hospital because Michael does come to the hospital. True. Oh well, true. Um, okay, uh, okay, guys. Well, uh, I think I think I don't know. It's it's maybe a worthwhile venture to hope this thing writes itself. So while we wouldn't recommend this movie, I mean, and honestly, you might not even miss much if you try and watch the third without watching this one. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd still say if um, if you have Peacock, it's definitely worth it. If you don't have like AMC stubs and you need to be paying for it to go to the theater, can't really advise you in good conscience to like go spend that kind of money on it. But you know, if you can just like fire it up on your couch just to like be a completist, maybe worth doing it that way. Um, Adam and Kayla, I know you guys are doing a challenge to watch a bunch of horror movies in October. Uh, so whether it be that or something else, do you have uh, anything else you've been watch you've watched recently that you would like to recommend? Uh, Kayla, you can go first. Um, so we were watching the movies that made us. Actually, before we sign on to this, um, where they kind of just go through like the making of those movies and their cultural impact, mm -hmm. um, it is on Netflix. It's a docuseries, so that's a good one. Um, I've actually been trying to read a lot more, so I've been 
uh, I've been reading off a of book talk, all those recommendations coming off of TikTok. So uh, the Once and Future Witches, that's been a fun read. Um, but I mean, if you're in that horror kind of mood, if you want something international, um, we watched Pan Lab Pan's Labyrinth, which uh, that's mid 2000s. And then we watched Train to Busan last night. If you're looking for something funny in terms of horror, I'd say Elvira, Mistress of Darkness, great boobs. Everybody knows about Elvira. Um, Josh, your face says you don't know about Elvira. Oh, buddy. You no, are I, no, I, 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 I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, man, you are in for an adventure. Oh, boy. Ah. Um, and also for fun, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And then I'm sure Adam will hype up all four screen movies, which we did a two day binge of those. Um, so, I mean, if you're connected with us on Facebook, we have a list of about 56 different horror movies we're trying to get through and we're at 11 right now. So we still have about two weeks to knock out math, you know, 40 something. So. All right. Uh, Adam, uh, I, we know you're an extreme fan. Is there, was it that or anything else you wanted to like? Oh, direct yeah, to? yeah. Kayla read my mind. Uh, all four screen <laughs> movies I love. The first one's a classic, a must watch. Uh, the second one's nearly as good. It doesn't get the respect it deserves because it's a sequel, but it's very, very good. The third one's mediocre, but it's still entertaining, at least to me. And the fourth one, which came out in 2011, is also decent, like not amazing, but it's updated and, you know, it's got good moments and it's good. And they're important to watch now because. They are making a, a sequel coming out in January. Uh, it's Scream 5, stylized just as Scream, but it's not really a reboot. It is an actual sequel, like direct sequel to the fourth movie. Um, new cast, which for the most part, with the exception of like the original uh, main characters like Nate, uh, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. Um, so yeah, those were, I'm really excited for that. The new trailer just came out like last week. Um, and as far as other horror movies, I uh, highly recommend It Follows which I know we talked about yesterday, Josh. Um, you said you'd never seen. I, I cannot recommend it enough. It's maybe my favorite horror movie from the like 2010s. Um, some other really good ones that have come out relatively recently. Don't Breathe is a really good one. Don't See, Don't Breathe too. It's not good. Um, and then, yeah, just like, yeah, I definitely also recommend Train to Busan. Um, you know, obviously the other recent classics like Get Out. Uh, we also recently, not this was a couple months or a month or two ago when we were getting ready to watch the new Candyman movie, we went back and watched the original and that's really good. The new one's not great. The old one is very, very good. Well, uh, I, and yeah, I probably should have watched the original one before I watched the new one. Cause the new one really, you know, harkens back a lot to the old one. And I didn't know that going in. And honestly, I think you're going to make a movie come out like that long after the fact you probably, and you probably need to stand on its own. And, it, you know, I thought the worst parts of the new one were probably the stuff that like were tried to harken back a lot to the old one. It's it kind of just left people confused at certain parts. But uh, as yeah, far as yeah, definitely the old one's fantastic. Yeah. As far as uh, I'm not going to make a bunch of recommendations. I, I watched Train to Busan with Adam and Kayla yesterday. May or may not have dozed off for a little bit in the first part of it. But I woke up and it was like still totally invested. Like the movie did a great job of like making you care a lot about a lot of different characters in like a pretty short amount of time. Even if you miss a 20 to 30 minute chunk because you had to you were just not on a lot of sleep, it still works. So that movie is on Amazon Prime. It's a really great um, South Korean movie about a about a, a zombie apocalypse outbreak type of situation. And uh, don't, watch the, don't watch the dub. Don't watch the dubbed version. Watch the subtitles. Yeah, that goes for most foreign things. Don't 
you you can read and watch at the same time. I promise. But yeah, that, that, that about wraps it up for Halloween kills. I appreciate Adam and Kayla coming back to continue the trilogy with us. Hopefully I'm still doing the podcast when the final one comes out and they're able to complete it with us coming up next on the podcast. We will probably have episodes on, we'll probably have an episode on both lamb that'll have both lamb and the last duel in it. Uh, we have a, uh, we have Dune coming out this, uh, as of the time we're recording this, we're a few days from Dune coming out. It'll probably already be out by the time people listen to this. Um, last night in Soho, we'll have, so we'll have like one other kind of horror thing uh, before we round out October. So a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, thanks to Adam Kaler for joining. As usual, you can find us on Twitter at Josh, or find me on Twitter at Josh Renovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. Podcast is at Rewind Movie Pod. Podcast email the Rewind Movie Pod at gmail.com. Adam's on Twitter at A.B. Lichtenstein. As I said, thanks to everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.